0: We are excited to be back with our folks from Creative Golf Marketing, Steve and AJ, to talk about the other half of membership, which is talking about current members and how clubs are adapting uh, during COVID-19. So, um, as you may know, Creative Golf Marketing is an education partner of CMAA, and we are very excited to have them back with us today. Thank you guys for joining us.
1: Thanks, Melissa.
2: Thanks, Melissa. Thanks,
0: so Melissa. You know, we, we talked to you previously, uh, our last April edition, all about prospective members, and I love the positivity. I think that the the concept that this is really an opportunity time for clubs is great, and it's something that, that we need to hear and embrace, and, and we appreciate all the creativity and, and thought of of how clubs can really embrace that. Um, but we also know that our clubs are dealing with those difficult issues right now of how to handle current members and, and really what is a very unique time And I know we covered this previously, but obviously the depth of experience that the two of you have in this industry and obviously seeing things that have happened previously, the recession, 9-11, all of that. You know, I think the question that we've gotten asked a lot and and, and actually even gotten phone calls from people who are members of private clubs um, and and certainly see some media reports in the last couple of weeks. You know, should clubs be halting their dues right now for
1: members? I'll tell you. Melissa and Kyle, that's one of the most sensitive subjects, you know, coming on right now, because there, there are people who have had circumstances outside of their lives, that they, outside of their control, uh, that they're, they're looking to, in fact, you know, have some concessions, you know, being given to them. And so the other difficulty of private clubs is these are people you know. These are people that, that they're real. Now, AJ and I as consultants, we commonly are, are giving advice in a vacuum. So, you know, we're not as apt to be talking about the, the Lowe family or the Jennings family. We're talking about the consumer, you know, what the club, you know, should do. And again, private clubs are a luxury item. Uh, not everybody can afford to have them. And there's going to be, H's <laughs> probably going to wince on this one, there's going to be some people who hear what I'm getting ready to say and don't like what I say, don't like what they hear. You're going to have some addition by subtraction. You're going to have some people who... Resign from the club because they can no longer justify the dues, and they're going to kind of blame the club. Well, you know, I'm not getting the value, and and etc. And if you would have, if if you would have mitigated my dues, if you would have given me a break, if you would have lowered my dues, I would have stayed. No, actually, they're probably someone who potentially this is not the right club for them right now, not the right time for them, uh, and probably needs to leave the private club industry, but be replaced by people who are going to be there another 10, 20, 15 you know, years, you know, down the road. So th- this is a difficult situation because there's personalities involved. Now, obviously you get into leave of absence requests, you know, thing of that nature. Uh, and there are many clubs with some very good leave of absence, you know, policies, et cetera. Uh, but you want to tread lightly, AJ, you want to kind of take it you know, on from there?
2: Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having us back. Uh, we really enjoyed the, the first podcast. Um, my kids are wondering what I'm what I'm doing on a podcast. I told them, "Look, I'm a big deal." <laughs> they didn't believe me though. So, so this this question AJ, is, AJ, you
1: are no Simon Sinek.
2: You are yeah, not. I'm painfully aware of that. Uh, so, so I mean, as we all know, this is a, this is a slippery slope, and and it's a difficult question. But the 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 thing you've got to remember is, the second you start to make dues concessions to one person, you've got to be prepared to make them. To everybody. And so obviously, the answer here has got to be just a firm no. And we've seen some clubs do, uh, again, much like the last podcast, this is all about communication. Uh, we need the dues to maintain that golf course that you're so eager to get back to. We need the dues to take care of our employees and keep them on staff so that when you come back, you've got the things that you're expecting to have so that. You know, the, the, the shine guy that's been there for 20 years is, is still there. The waitress that knows your favorite drink is still there. And, and we've seen some clubs do some very, very uh, generous things with their employees to, to kind of divert some dues, uh, money to employee funds to help make sure that their employees are taking, taken care of. And when you do things like that, it really kind of takes the wind out of their sails when somebody comes in and says, you know, well, I'm having a hard time. Yeah, well, you know who else is having a hard time? Our employees, uh, and so if you can kind of uh, spin the message a little bit uh, to who you're, what you're using the dues for, who you're taking care of, I think it can have a, a positive impact and, and take in dollars sales.
1: Yeah, beautifully stated, AJ. Uh, you know,
2: clubs uh, need to say to their
1: members when when the club opens up, we want to give you the experience and the relationship you expected. Uh, and you, you had and you will expect, and if we don't have this dues income, we're we're not going to be able to do this. A, a general manager friend of ours uh, kind of used a psych, psychological ploy. He had started to hear that some of his members were asking for dues concessions. So instead of speaking to that, he sent out to the membership a communication talking about the importance of an a, a, an employee emergency fund to help the employees. What it did was, it had them focusing on the employees and the person who was contemplating asking for a reduction in their dues didn't be, because they were really looking at the totality of their club relationship as opposed to me and, and not the, the, the club. So AJ said it beautifully. It's how you message it. It's the story that you tell. Uh, it's it's you telling you know the Simon Sinek, the why not the what. Uh, And it tends to fend off the, you know, why are we having to pay dues while the club is closed?
0: You know, this time, you know, obviously this has brought this to light, but, you know, this is something that probably clubs need to be addressing at all times. But is it really time for clubs to take a step back and analyze their resignation policies and their leave of absence policies in light of COVID um, or just strengthen those, you know, going forward?
2: Yeah. uh, Great question, Melissa. Uh, Well, I guess, you know, first uh, leave of absence policies. I mean, we all kind of know that that's just the long, slow breakup that uh, you don't actually want to tell somebody that you want to leave. Most of those people never come back. Steve and I have never really been a big fan of the leave of absence policy. When it comes to resignation policies, uh, we definitely think that this is something that many clubs need to analyze We see a lot of clubs where, you know, if you time the board meeting right, you can be out of the club in seven to 10 days, uh, based upon the bylaws. Many of them, it's, you know, at the end of the month in which the resignation is, uh, presented to the board. Uh, we like a a longer policy. 90 days, uh, is, has, has seemed to work very well for our clients. And especially in a time like this, you know, I, I think that, We've actually talked to some clients that have said, you know, we've got this ninety-day resignation policy that you recommended, and it's enabled people to kind of keep their powder dry and not not have this knee-jerk reaction that, oh my goodness, we've got a global pandemic, I need to get out of the club. Uh, you know, because they can get out so quickly, they're eager to get out quickly. But if 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 uh, no matter what, I'm going to be here paying dues for ninety more days. Not only so let's say I did turn in my resignation to, to leave in 90 days and then, you know, 45, 60 days from now, this has not turned out to be what I thought it was going to be. I'm also desperate to get back to the golf course because I've been at home by myself, isolated. Uh, and so we've actually heard from clients where they believe that having a longer resignation policy has led to. Less resignations because people are, are are not they they don't have this knee jerk reaction.
1: Well, this and this goes back to I'm sorry, Melissa, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I apologize. Uh, this this goes back to our first podcast, um, you know, Kyle about bylaws. Mm-hmm. And so bylaws used to have you know 325 member threshold. Well, they, because they were full. Well, bylaws also, as AJ has pointed out, commonly state, and I'm just going to repeat what he said. You give your letter of resignation two days before the, the end of the month board meeting, and it is now the first of the next month you're out. So the the bylaws allow for a knee-jerk reaction to let a person leave the club uh, because clubs were all full and they haven't put in the mindset of the finance committee being prepared to replace the Lowe's who have given 90 days notice. The membership committee, excuse me, to prepare for the loss of the money of the of the dues, the membership committee preparing to replace the Jennings, who have, in fact, given their 90 days notice. And then AJ didn't touch on this, but he kind of put it himself, the club to do a good job of convincing the family to not leave. And during those 90 days to show them the quality of the relationship and give them the time to reconsider you know, their decision. And AJ pointed it out very well, many people choose that during that time to rescind that resignation because they've given some cool down time.
0: Well, I I think that, you know, with the chaos that we're currently experiencing, I I think that 90 days would just be so helpful because I think, you know, where we are today, where we are, we're 90 days ago, we're we're just in completely different places. Um, You know, I think that just gives us more time, gives anyone more time to make a better decision and really insulate the club. So, Speaking of dues, um, one of the topics that's come up is this concept of annual dues. And is that helping or hurting clubs? Are they benefiting from those, or is that something they should reconsider at this point?
1: Well, we're back again to bylaws. Uh, And and primarily, Northeast clubs have annual dues. Uh, And in in our judgment, it's really, really harming the clubs. Uh, AJ, uh, obviously, don't say the. Club's name, but you, you've got a, you've got a story to tell uh, of a client right now in the Northeast.
2: Yeah, uh, so one of the things that you know we we don't like about annual dues is generally when people are asking that question, hey, do you want to be a member for the next year? Is it a, is it a time that doesn't make a lot of sense? Mm-hmm. And if you had asked me six months ago about the time period when this particular client asks that question in April. Uh, I would have said, well, that's much better to ask it in April because in December, when most clubs ask it, you know, the golf club is or the the golf course is under a foot of snow. And I would have said, well, April's much, much better uh, compromise position because the golf, you know, we're looking forward to the season. Well, it just so happens we've got a client that right now is just uh, they're getting murdered by resignations because it's in April. And so. Everybody is sitting there going, I don't know what's going to happen. I've got to make up my my mind right now whether I'm going to be a member for the entire next year. And I have no idea what's going to happen. And just by, you know, sheer uh, poor timing, uh, it's really affecting this particular club uh, because of when they're asking.
1: And and had they been on a monthly structure where one month was no different than the next month, you wouldn't be asking this emotional question. AJ knows the story I'm getting ready to tell. It's my favorite story. Uh, on, on May 14th, I, I will be married for 43 years. Ooh. Got married, I got married in 1977. I don't go to my wife every May 14th and say, hi, honey. Want to go another year? Because She's going to say, you mean, I can get out of this and
2: yeah
1: (laughs) and I try everybody knows my personality if I had asked that question every single year I would not have made it 43 years (laughs) so clubs are making the same mistake why why would you go to your members at some specific date every single year and ask them if they would like to continue the relationship so it now Kyle Melissa back to bylaws if clubs are full and a person has a wait list, then the bylaws dictate, we want the money right now. We want to know exactly how many members we have. And it was a perfect world time. Well, the clubs are no longer in the perfect world environment. And we feel that private clubs should go to just a, a more monthly, just simple 12 months. If it's $500 a month versus $6,000 a year or $1,000 a month versus 12000 And it just sounds less thousand dollars a month sounds a lot less than twelve thousand dollars, even though mathematically we know they're the same. We think it's not a great deal, hon. Huh? Excuse me, Kyle. I'm sorry. Oh,
3: it's okay. I just think uh, I think you made a great point in that making that decision on an annual basis is very emotional because there's so much unknown within a year, whereas like a month-to-month decision feels a little bit. More manageable. It's just like you know, paying any of your other bills. You have to do it on a monthly basis. You could sit down and evaluate your budget and look at it and go, "Is this what I need to do right now?" Yes, and then move forward. Whereas, like you said, it's a it's a commitment when you're making that decision for a whole year. Mm-hmm.
1: And and the people in the boardroom don't think clearly enough, Kyle, because they're some of the most affluent yep. and highest level users. So they think to themselves, well, this shouldn't impact anybody because they have such a passion for the club. They're not realizing that they have a number of members who are very affluent, but not as passionate about the club as the leadership is. And so they're more apt to give consideration of that question each year that if you didn't ask the question each year, you wouldn't have the consideration being given. For
0: sure. Yeah, that's definitely going to change the way clubs do business. So the final question I have for you today is um, is really dealing with this COVID. So if we, if we lose members, we have members that resign. We have members that, you know, take the slow walk on the leave of absence policy. I love the way that you said that. You know, should we look at making special concessions to get them back?
2: You know, as as much as as I like to be as compassionate as possible, uh, the answer has unfortunately got to be no. You know, most bylaws speak to this. If you leave a club and you want to come back within the next 12 months, then you need to pay uh, any dues and assessments that may have been there uh, that took place. uh, And you pay up as if you had been a member for that entire time. You know, if if uh, if a person jumps out of the club, and says, oh, well, this didn't turn out to be as bad as I thought it was. Uh, I'll just pick my dues up, you know, two months later. What do you say to your members that stayed there, that paid their dues uh, in the same uh, unknown economic climate? Um, It's uh, unfortunately, you know, there's there's just not a lot that can be done. One of the things that we have seen uh, many private clubs do that's been to their great detriment in many different areas it's to not be consistent. Um, and if, if you're consistent uh, with everybody and you don't make if, when it comes to leave of absence requests or, hey, I, I jumped out and I'd like to jump back in or, hey, will you cut me a special deal on joining the club. If we can be consistent on all of these things, then it makes it so much easier to say, no, I'm sorry. The club policy is very clear. It's in the bylaws. And even though I would love to make a special concession for you, I cannot. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that Steve and I repeatedly encourage clubs to do is to be disciplined and be consistent.
1: Yeah, beautifully stated. And that was the point. That was the word I was going to use, AJ, is discipline. the The private club industry before COVID nineteen had 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 lost its discipline. Uh, it was taking initiation fees down to nothing. If you'll join for two years, we'll take you. If the check clears, if you can fog a mirror, we'll take you. They had lost their discipline. And so even the prestige, uh, the, uh, the prestige of being a private club had not been lost, but was diminished. And so, as aJ's pointed out so well, you start to make these concessions, and you're starting again to state that being a member of a private club is not a luxury. it's It's not something that that a few people can afford you know to have. this This is an elite business, uh, and members need to be understand that they have fiscal responsibilities. And then, as aJ pointed out, uh, whenever someone hears that a person was given that concession, you're going to have more people come in and saying, well, then I want you to take care of my needs. uh, And I'm going to drop out for seven months then and just come back and you're going to have to take me back. And so uh, it sets up precedent setting situations that are very difficult. So, you know, sometimes as consultants, we have to be a little uh, almost uncaring as we make a recommendation, because as we said earlier in the boardroom, they're talking about people they know. Oh, it's the Jennings. You know, gosh, they had to drop out of the club because their children were in college and let's take them back. Well, they had other members who had kids in college that didn't drop out and continue to pay their dues. Now, are you going to slap them in the face? So you, you can sometimes look uncaring and discipline sometimes has that type of, of a feeling that you're uncaring, but you're having to be disciplined at your club.
0: Yeah, I definitely think from, you know, from talking, about what we're doing with our current members, so that the, the clear the clear goals for clubs have to be communication and consistency. So I think that's great guidance for all of our members right now dealing with us.
1: Well, we, we were, we were going to talk about this earlier, uh, Melissa and Kyle, and I, I, I just forgot to say it. AJ and I are proud to many times talk about the difficult issue and it gives your general managers cover. It gives them the ability to take an emotional situation and say, you know, here's what we're seeing are the best practices across the United States. Uh, and it's not like the general manager is saying, we don't care about the Smiths or the Joneses who have brought forward these, but we care about the, the, the club in its totality. And so AJ and our experience gives them some cover to not have it be as emotionally uh, viewed as the general manager making a decision against people but more so for the good of the club.
0: Absolutely. Sustainability is key to that. For sure. For sure. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thanks for having us back, ladies. We've really enjoyed our our time uh, on the podcast. Thank thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure.
3: It was our pleasure to have you, and uh, we know where to find you if uh, (laughs) if we need more (laughs) content, uh, for sure. But, uh, you know, thank you again for all that you're doing for CMA's members um, between this and and the webinars. Um, We know that we can always reach out to you all um, when we need something, but our members can do the same. So um, our gratitude goes to you and best wishes and stay safe and healthy as we go into this next phase.
0: Thank you very much.